0: Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about visionaries. Today, we're highlighting a woman who continuously creates inventive, thought-provoking, and political pieces of art out of objects that she collects from all over the world. Her work has sparked entire social movements. Let's talk about Betty Saar. Betty was born in 1926 in Los Angeles, California. Her father, who died when she was young, was a Sunday school teacher, and her mother was also a devout Episcopalian. Betty's relationship to religion and spirituality would later become an overarching theme in her work. Betty graduated from the University of California, Los Angeles with a degree in interior design in 1949. After graduating, she quickly found a community of other designers and artists in Los Angeles. In 1951, she founded an enamel business with jewelry designer Curtis Tan. In 1958, Betty decided to go back to school to learn how to teach design, and enrolled in California State University at Long Beach. Then, one day, she wandered into a printmaking class. Betty fell in love with the art form, and her original plans vanished. After diving into printmaking, she started experimenting with assemblage, an art form where she would assemble disparate objects together to form a cohesive whole. Her work was heavily influenced by the political landscape at the time, responding to current events like the Watts Rebellion in 1965, and the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. At the height of this political moment, Betty produced Black Girl's Window in 1969, The piece was made out of a wooden window frame that Betty salvaged. Inside the panes of the window, there are a number of mystical icons. The moon and stars, the sun, a lion, an eagle, a novelty shop Halloween skeleton. And at the bottom, in the largest pane, there's a silhouette of a black girl. She has wide open eyes, and her hands, dotted with yellow and red constellations, are pressed up against the window. Betty's assemblages grew and changed over time. In the early 1970s, she became inspired by artists from all over Africa who made pieces with organic matter, like feathers, dirt, and hair. She began traveling all over the world to collect objects for her assemblages, to Nigeria, Morocco, Haiti, Brazil, and beyond. She also collected objects that were negative caricatures of black people. She put those pieces in her work, imbuing them with new power. In 1972, Betty created a piece entitled The Liberation of Aunt Jemima. To make it, she used a store-bought Jim Crow-era mammy figure. The figurine was originally holding a kitchen notepad and pencil, but Betty replaced those with a black power fist and a rifle. Pieces like The Liberation of Aunt Jemima were intended to point out the ways that black women were essential to the women's liberation movement. Angela Davis described the piece as the spark that fired the Black women's revolution. Betty was deeply involved in liberation movements. She often used her art to highlight the intersections between race and gender. In the 1970s, she joined the female art collective Women's Space, where she was constantly pushing to make the collective more racially inclusive. She was also a vital figure in the Black Power movement, working to make that space more inclusive to women. As time went on, Betty's stature in the art world grew. In 1975, she was invited to do a solo exhibition at the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York. And in 1988, she was invited by the State Department to visit Asia on a cultural mission. Today, Betty's 95 years old. Her work has finally been pushed to the forefront of national conversation. In 2019, she opened two solo shows, one at the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and the other at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. And she's still creating more art. Betty's studio is bustling, chock-full with objects, such as alarm clocks, antique books, bird cages, and mammy dolls. Any one of those things might just find its way into one of Betty's assemblages all month we're highlighting artistic visionaries. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. And special thanks to Alessandra Tejeda, who curated this month's theme. For more information on the artists we're highlighting and to see some of the works we're talking about, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Talk to you tomorrow!